You're listening to Financial Sense, Arizona's financial podcast that answers your real questions about money in your business and in your life. Recorded at and brought to you by National Bank of Arizona, the only bank you need. Hello, I'm your host, Brent Cannon. I'm Executive Vice President and Director of the Community Bank here at National Bank of Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us today. On this episode of Financial Sense, I have two great guests with me, our good friend, John Lewis, Senior Vice President of the Business Banking Group and Regional Manager at National Bank of Arizona. And also with us today, we have a special guest, Stephanie Sims, founder of Financeability and author of Funding Your Business Without Selling Your Soul. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us, Brent. Yeah, it's great to be here, Brent. Stephanie, I think to kick us off today, if you could give us a real quick overview of what financeability is all about. You bet. That's a great question. Um, does, it's not evident. I get that. Um, so financeability is a boutique consulting firm where we focus on helping entrepreneurs find the money that they need to grow their business. And I'm a second generation entrepreneur myself. And what I do in financeability is use my investment banking background, as well as my experience in high tech startups to teach founders how to tell economic stories that make dollars and cents. That's great. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for the overview and welcome. On this podcast, we like to give people insights that they can only get from a friend in the business. Today, we're going to ask our two guests questions related to the Paycheck Protection Program aftermath and also get some insights on maximizing business and returning to profitability, which is every business owner could use right now and is, is certainly one of the most important aspects of running a business today, probably any day. But um, so with that, I think let's just go into some questions. Uh, John, let's, let's have you kind of be uh, first, uh, first up to bat here. Uh, what what do businesses that received funds from the Paycheck Protection Program, otherwise known as Triple P, uh, what do they need to do in terms of record keeping and making sure the loan is forgiven by the government? I would say, you know, the first thing is with this PPP program that we've all experienced is that it's a, a moving target a little bit. So right now, those that have received funding are trying to find their way through this as we wait for final guidance from the SBA, um, even as as Early as today, there's additional things being proposed um, by the House, approved by the House to make changes to the way this is handled. And so I would say the most important thing is to make sure that your documentation is, is organized and very clear to display how the funds were utilized over the forgiveness period. Um, some of our clients have actually even taken the time to move the funds into a separate account to have them specifically set aside for this program to make it easy for them to, to understand. Uh, it's important, I think, for all, all the businesses to remember that the initial guidance was that 75% of the funds needed to be utilized for payroll, and the other 25% could be utilized for other things such as rent, utilities, and payment of interest on debt. And so keeping those general parameters in mind, in addition to having those records set aside, um, would be very important. Um, and, and just keeping track and know specifically what it was used, when it was used, and then as you go forth in that, that process, you'll be prepared. Additionally, if you go to sba.gov website, they have a, a published an initial uh, forgiveness, loan forgiveness uh, application. And that you can take the opportunity to go through this application and that will outline what is gonna be required to pr be provided to the bank at the time of forgiveness. And this is a great first step, even though it might change over the next couple of weeks, um, it's a great step to go and look through that and start uh, compiling that information. 
And and John, will will the borrowers work with the bank where they receive their PPP loan from? That's right. Yeah, the same the same bank that provided the fund will funds will also be the ones you work through to get that forgiveness done. Okay. Thanks, John. I think that's a that's a great overview of the of the forgiveness process. It's this is this has been a uh, monumental time for the country, certainly for banks and for small businesses as they've gone through these PPP loans through, first of all, getting them. That was frankly, a, <laughs> it was miraculous on many fronts. Uh, and, and I think the forgiveness uh, phase now will be our next challenge collectively as an industry and, and, and the overall economy. And so, Stephanie, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question, uh, get you in on the conversation here. We've seen a lot of businesses, you know, kind of go one of two ways, uh, stay the course uh, or pivot. And, you know, I'd like to kind of get your perspective on, on what you've seen uh, certain businesses do when they've decided to pivot and, 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 and kind of what they should be thinking about from a mindset, strategy, execution, when they're thinking about changing maybe their entire business model. Yeah, I think that's, that's such an important question these days because, Hopefully everyone has kind of recognized that holding our breath and hoping that everything goes back to the way it was is not really going to work for any of us. And so as we start to think about what the future looks like, um, I would suggest that every entrepreneur, even if you think that your core business is solid, sort of takes a moment to reevaluate, you know, am I thinking um, in an innovative way? Am I kind of maximizing the uh, opportunities that are available to me? And then rethink your strategy. Um, I've had a, a, several different people that I've worked with, uh, one of whom is here in town, but they're a, they're a software company. And I was talking to their director of marketing, and he was hilarious because he said, look, as soon as we saw this coming down the pike, we were in high growth mode. You know, We had invested heavily into advertising um, that was designed to attract our clients and get them to buy. And we quickly realized that that was just not where we needed to be. At that point in time, we really needed to be of service to the community. Mm -hmm. So we redirected a lot of our spend, our advertising spend, into brand awareness, right? Into just getting useful content out there to their target market. And what they've, what they've done successfully now is because they've helped their clients kind of survive the bumps of the initial parts of COVID, they've been able now to transition back into more of a sales mode and still use that same advertising budget. But, but what's hilarious, what he said to me is he said, look, you know, I think it was early March. I looked at my marketing strategy for the year and I was like, okay, this is going in the trash. We're just starting from scratch. Yeah. And so, and so while you need to be thoughtful about it, you certainly can't just throw things out willy nilly. I think it's very important to, to make that mindset shift and to really recognize what do your clients need from you right now? Right. And how can you use your investments in your business to connect with them and to meet them where they're at? Yeah, yeah. Those that, those are really great points, Stephanie. I, I think uh, what I heard also is really paying attention to what your clients need and and being ready to pivot or or transition based on that, based on those needs. Exactly, and making sure that you are still providing appropriate value, right? This is something else that I've I've seen a lot of people asking about: Should I be selling? Right, is right. now the time to sell. And I think if you still have valuable product or service to provide to people, of course you should be because right. they may need you more than ever right now. Yeah, that's just a really great point.
So John, um, now that the banks have helped in the PPP process, how else can, how else should businesses kind of, uh, what else should they be looking for in their bank and, and, and how can they be helped beyond just the, P, the PPP product? It's what we learned through the PPP process is the value and the importance of having an established, established relationship with a, with a bank or a banker. Um, as we worked with, with clients, Oftentimes, they were just happy to be able to have somebody that was a, uh, a warm body that they could talk to, that they could consult with, and be able to, to get things moving forward. And so I think the first thing is just to make sure during times like this is to continue to establish a good working relationship with your banker, um, to be able to take the time for them to learn more about your business and so that they're prepared to help you as you go throughout these, these transitions. Um, as Stephanie mentioned with with people changing and pivoting, you know, what's that, what is that need going to be um, for that transition? And you have a banker on your side to, to uh, help with that. Um, and there's an example. I, I, I recently had a client that called me and wanted to just talk through some personnel changes that they were considering, you know, with, with the changes in the economy, what's happening, just wanted to kind of talk through it. Um, even though as a banker, I can't be an official consultant, uh, give official advice, it, it gave them another ear, another person to talk through and understand where they're coming from to see their perspective and then and then to be able to talk through what those potential outcomes might look like. Um, I think right now more than than anything, more than products and services, I think it's having that relationship with a banker. And then the banker can help you to identify what what can be offered by the bank to be able to help your business grow. Um, but the first step is going to have be that relationship. Yeah, that that's such a great point, John. Because it, it's it's uh, interesting. You told the story about the business you talked to. I actually talked to uh, a client today, this morning, on the phone, who's new to National Bank of Arizona, uh, and came to the bank through the Paycheck Protection Program. And he just he he must have said it three or four times. He goes, "Man, I am so glad to have a banker to have these. We're having." We we're having bigger discussions than just PPP. We were having how can they refinance their their headquarter building to uh, use the equity to uh, put into working capital to grow their business. And and he said three times. He said, "I'm just I'm so thankful to have a banker." So I think that's just a great great comment on your part and for everyone listening. Now you know you don't want to wait till you have an emergency to to to, to see do I have somebody that I can tell my story to. You want to have that relationship built and hopefully seasoned over time. So um, this next question, I think I'd like to hear from both of you, but Stephanie, let's start with you. What, what ways can businesses think about cutting expenses to get back to profitability? And is, is that what they should be thinking about? Well, I think, I think that's a great question because a lot of people are focused on survival and quite often they're making investments in their business right. that may not lead to long-term survival. And so I think as we're starting to come out of maybe the shock part of what's happened to everybody in the last few months, it's time as you're thinking through the strategy for pivoting or for continuing your business in, a, in maybe a modified fashion, um, it's time to really start to think about every single investment that you're making in your business as an investment. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I just have to pay that to operate my business. Well, that's just a cost of doing business. I would suggest that one place you could start is simply looking at all of your transactions from your monthly from your monthly account statement. You can download it from your online banking 
and start to say, what does this do for my business? Right. right? What am I actually getting? Right. And I've been just in working with some clients and also in just talking to people in general, it's been amazing how much they've discovered things that they didn't know they were paying for or things that they thought they needed two years ago, but they just never really shut down. Right. And so I think that's a great first step. Oh, that's such great advice. Uh, the nice to haves versus the must haves, right? Exactly. And the, um, I think the, also the concept starting to think about what's the return on that investment. Right. Yes. Maybe I need this software, but is it really worth a thousand dollars a month right now? Right. What, what else could I do with that money that might make my business move forward faster? Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. John, what, what are your thoughts on, on expense cutting? with what Stephanie talked about, kind of what, what am I getting in return for that investment or in, for that cost? You know, we live in a world of where a lot of people are, are coming at uh, business owners either in person or digitally or whatever to be able to, to provide them services that could potentially help their business. And there's a lot of great services that can help their businesses, but there's also things that people might've bought in the good times or subscribed to that they really don't need today. Um, and they did it just because with the, with the intent that it will help their business at some point in time, but it's really identifying if it's a true need or not. And I think that's what it, what it really boils down to is, is what can we operate on and still be profitable and make things work? Um, I think any business can sit down and, and identify some excess um, within their, their expenses pretty quickly. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's a, it's a, it's a good exercise in general, but because of, because the revenue has probably most businesses have had their revenues impacted. It's, it's, it's a great time to really look at your expense structure and what can you carve out? What don't you need? What's kind of been nice to have, but you don't really need. And, and that's just a good practice in, in any time. Yeah, it's, it's actually interesting, Brent. I, um, I was talking to a business owner who runs a retail establishment and she did something very interesting where she actually involved her employees because for a lot of retail businesses, you know, labor is their, their biggest cost. Right. And she involved her employees in figuring out how to reconfigure the way that they worked so that each of the employees kind of took ownership of bringing in that return on investment on their own salary. Wow. And she said, she said she was amazed at how successful and how excited the employees were about actually knowing, oh, okay, when I do this, it contributes to X dollars in sales or to this much in cost savings. Right. What a great practice to bring your team in, a small business to, to say, hey, we're, we're all in this together. You know, that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's a really great, great story. Hey, John, let's just back up real quick and just have this really what most of us would think is kind of rudimentary, but I think it's, we probably shouldn't overlook this question, but you know, What's an asset and, and how should businesses view assets and, and how can they better utilize assets? It's interesting talking to so many businesses over the past number, number of years is oftentimes a, a business will say, well, I, have, I have a lot of assets and I just need some money um, to help this all work. And when you look at what, a, what an asset truly is, it's a resource that provides the business with the ability to generate value. And oftentimes where we run into it, where there's issue with assets is you might have an asset that's not generating value. And I would encourage businesses to look at their assets and determine if their assets are really providing a value to them, you know, and really evaluate. So I have this asset, but what kind of 
what kind of value am I getting out? What kind of return am I getting out of this asset compared to the, the cost um, that, I, that I have in it? And so you think about that and you think, you know, certain things like maybe unused uh, equipment um, for maybe a construction company or something like that. And they might have some equipment that's not being utilized um, or real estate that's not being fully utilized to full capacity. Those type of things, you know, do I, do I, really, do I really need it? Uh, do I, you know, could I still make, generate the same amount of revenue if I didn't have it? One thing that we've experienced in the past is we've seen where, where companies looked at their, their assets and their balance sheets and saying, okay, I have these things that aren't generating value for me today. How can I make them generate value? If I can't put them to work to generate revenue, then I should probably look at contracting or, or shrinking my balance sheet by selling those assets turning that into cash or liquidity and then be able to restructure their balance sheet into a way that their assets that, that, that they maintain or that they keep or actually generating value for them. And they're just not sitting there looking pretty on a balance sheet because you paid $2 million for it. But it, if it's not generating any value, it's really not worth, worth much for your business. Thanks, John. Stephanie, I'd sure love to hear your thoughts on, on, on asset and return on assets. Well, I think I love John's points. And I think, of course, he's got a great handle on how you can manage your balance sheet so that it really benefits your business. Um, I do think sometimes people neglect to look at all the assets in their business because there is what's on the balance sheet. And those are very important. But sometimes people don't recognize that existing customers and existing relationships are very valuable assets. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes we're more attracted by trying to do something new like how can I attract a new customer or how can I build a new offering when we might actually do better by finding a way to leverage our existing relationships with customers to offer them something that they already want. And since we know, like, and since they know, like, and trust us, it would right. be easier for them to buy from us. Um, and so I would encourage people, especially as they're starting to pivot to think about, yes, there's a lot of things you could do that might be almost a new business as a pivot, but what are the things that your existing customers have been asking for that maybe you haven't done in the past because you thought, oh, that's, I'm not sure that's right for us. Right. I'd look there for your pivots to start with because I think that can be a much more economic approach to pivoting and leveraging the assets you've already got. Yeah, that's great. Those are some great thoughts and uh, regard, you know, kind of hitting some of our high level um, current events, what's happening with uh, the Paycheck Protection Program. How banks, um, how banks can help your small business and, and the important, some important aspects when you're thinking about pivoting or, or making changes. I think Stephanie's given us some great uh, thought points and strategic um, areas to focus on. So Stephanie, John, I just I want to say thank you again. It was uh, just a great day. Uh, thank you for spending your time. Uh, I believe that uh, you shared a tremendous amount of valuable information for our listeners. I, uh, I personally enjoyed it. For all our listeners, please check out more episodes from your favorite podcasting platform or feel free to watch us on YouTube. Uh, if you have any financial questions you're wanting answered, uh, please send us an email at Financial Sense and we'll try to answer them. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day.
All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. The podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or recommendation from any Zions Bank Corporation NA entity to the listener. Neither Zions Bank Corporation NA nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast and any liability therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Zions Bank Corporation NA. And Zions Bank Corporation NA is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving advice, investment, or otherwise by Zions Bank Corporation NA to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Zions Bank Corporation NA entity. Copyright reserved by Zions Bank Corporation NA. National Make of Arizona, a division of Zions Bank Corporation NA member FDIC. 